0: I remember lying there and I was like, things just started happening at such a rapid pace. Everything, like my heart was racing. My mind just, it was almost an out of body experience in that I felt like I was there, but I felt like I was also not there in that I was just one with my vision. Welcome to the Pave Your Paradise podcast. I'm Mandy Ross, international media personality, speaker, writer, life cheerleader, and coach. Each episode, I'll share a guest or an idea to help you blast through your limiting beliefs, nourish your soul, and connect with yourself to take your relationships, health, business, and life to a next level. We don't play small. We're meant for great things. We take our struggles and turn them into slam dunk successes. This is the place for you to create your best you so you can pave your personal path to paradise. Are you with me? Let's do this. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It is pave your paradise time with me, Mandy, and I'm so grateful to have you tuning in today to share this space and this time with me. Today's episode was inspired by a recent conversation I had with a couple of friends. It's surrounding something that I've actually never publicly spoken about. I've hinted here and there, this is definitely a new topic for me to be revealing with you guys and I'm pretty open about most things in my life as I always want to be transparent with you and honest with you to sharing as much as I can to help you on your journey through my experiences. It just feels aligned and like a right time for me to open up about this. So right now you're probably thinking, oh my God, like what the heck is she going to say? (laughs) And don't worry, it's nothing – well, actually, maybe for some of you, you might think it's a little crazy. So a lot of people know this about me, but for those of you out there listening who don't, I don't smoke. Uh, cigarettes I don't drink at all like not even a smidgen I just it's something that I choose not to do and I don't do any drugs for some people that might seem kind of harsh but it's just the way that I prefer to live it doesn't align with the lifestyle that I lead at this point I have lots of friends that partake in some of those things and I have no judgments what I do with my life and I I really want to stress this with you guys too I always want you to know that if I talk about something on an episode it doesn't mean that that's my view that everyone needs to do that or that you need to do that that's not my stance at all I do what feels right for me and I do what aligns with what I'm feeling inside so I don't ever want you to feel like by virtue of me talking about something I'm excited about or that I love or that I do or take action on that that means that I have some sort of expectation or some judgment if you do or don't do the same things I don't at all I'm actually a very understanding person and my closest friends know this that I'm very open and accepting of all types of walks of life I mean if you looked at my friends like my closest friends they're so different from one one and another it's like if you actually put all of my close friends from around the world in a room it would be some wild ass crazy unicorn party because they are all so different and they shine so much in their own lights and I love that uh, the reason why I bring up the substances is because a lot of people use those things uh recreationally and that's totally cool you know that's their thing and again like I still love to go out I still love to party I still love to dance like dancing is such an outlet for me I love socializing I need the balance though of like socializing and then I also need to like be alone and be a hermit too so (laughs) those are two extremes of my personality getting back to the substances what I really want to chat with you guys about today is something that I've had many conversations about I've just never been open publicly about it which is psychedelics. Psychedelics I am referring to is anything that allows for some sort of deeper journey within and that's just how I'm gonna phrase it. Many people have different opinions about what psychedelics are, what they do, what the detriments or benefits are and all those things are great. I don't look at it as a bad or good. It's whether it aligns with you. I would love to share with you guys today about my experiences with psychedelics and just some takeaways and the one thing I'm gonna say before I get into it is that I am not a doctor, I am not a physician, I am not saying that you should or am not encouraging you to take part in psychedelics that is completely your choice and your choice only, I am simply going to be telling you about my experiences of some of the stuff that I've gone through with psychedelics and just my journey within and my takeaways from those experiences. So just putting that out there, I don't want any of you to be misled and think that I'm trying to promote it in any way. It's literally me just sharing because I've had so many people ask me who I've had conversations about it with and who as soon as I say I've done this or done that, they want to know more and they're so curious. And another reason that inspired me to create this podcast today, I think there's a lot of misleading information out there. When I mention even the term ayahuasca or M or things like DMT. It's pretty interesting just the the various reactions and it's sometimes I get like super excitement and curiosity other times people are like oh my god like that's insanity you know like it's it's literally all over the map. I love asking questions it's something I've always done hence why I went to school for journalism and became an interviewer for a profession. I'm a firm believer that it's really important to hear hear lots of different perspectives because most times in life it's not really that most things are right or wrong or there's a good or bad. It's really just a matter of taking away what works for you and what doesn't. Of course there are exceptions to that statement that I just made that's very generic but in the case of psychedelics I don't really think it's anyone's right to say that they're right or wrong I think you have to come from a space of being open to if that's something that aligns with you great and if it's something that doesn't then cool don't do it you know it's pretty as pretty much as simple as that but I also think it's important to be open to educating yourself from multiple sources and not just taking one person's experience and or reading about it in one article for your be all and end all of what it's about so that to me is power in all the knowledge you can acquire and I hope that bear with me guys I know this is a long intro into it but it's just really important for me to stress that because there are topics I'm going to be talking about on upcoming podcasts such as this one and I might even dive deeper in another one on psychedelics I think it's just really really important to be open-minded so without further ado I'm not going to go into it anymore I want to tell you guys about my experiences with psychedelics I'm going to focus my attention on one psychedelic today which is ayahuasca because that's probably what I get asked the most about I may do upcoming episodes if you guys want on different psychedelics and the effects and my experiences but for now I think just pertaining it to one is probably easiest it's a pretty common one that's known nowadays or at least most people have heard of it so if you haven't that's all good I still have lots of friends that are like what the hell is that thing so don't feel bad or anything if you haven't for those of you who have and or now are curious I would love to share my journey with plant medicine with you I'm happy to answer questions outside of the podcast as well now again I just want to make sure that before I dive into this if you have little ones around this might be one of those times to put a little pause on this and just have them go and play in a different area just because I'm going to get into some deeper stuff and, and also just talking about psychedelics in general that may or may not be something you're comfortable with. The first time I was introduced to ayahuasca was actually through someone really close to me who had partaken in a ceremony. They suggested, not recommended, but just suggested something I looked into because they had such a profound experience. Upon asking them what their experience was like, they actually were not willing to share a lot about it. So, there was two reasons for that, too. One was to not set me up for expectations of what I thought I was going to experience, which was smart. But more importantly, they also wanted time to just like assess and it had been very recent, so they just wanted time to basically think about and process what they had gone through. And I was totally respectful of that, but I also appreciated the fact that they had brought it to my attention as something that I might want to look into doing myself. I will just tell you guys too, FYI, and you're going to hear this from me a lot. I am a human experiment. I really, really love trying almost everything at least once. There are always exceptions to that, I will say, because you're, you could totally go off into like a dirty tangent there, but no, I'm willing to almost try anything once. With certain exceptions. But when it comes to anything that has like an enlightening or spiritual or diving deep aspect to it, unless it's going to literally kill me, which eh, some stuff in life, there's always that risk. But pretty much if, if it's 99% that I'm not going to die, I absolutely want to dive in because there's a lot of times in this episode where I'm going to say things and I'm going to contradict myself because there's always exceptions to these things. Like I'm not going to sit here and say that ayahuasca is the be-all and end-all. For some people, it is and great. Do your thing. I super support that. For me, I'm not going to preach about it and say that it is even necessary in the evolution of your soul. I think that if you choose to do it and you have a calling to do it, First of all, I think it's important to acquire the knowledge of what it is and study everything you can about it before you partake, but also be open to it just being what it is and not having some sort of expectation around it solving all of your problems or it being the only thing that's going to help you. I think that when you place too much emphasis on one thing, that's oftentimes when you're the most disappointed. And so I just wanna make myself very clear in that this is just one thing that I tried and I've done many ceremonies at this point. It's something that I would just suggest after hearing my experience. You might have a completely different experience But regardless, it might be something that you want to look into. My experience with it, after finding out about it and just a little bit about like what's involved, I was very curious because I had done some research at this point and I had found out that it actually in some cases had helped people reverse their addictions. It had helped people overcome like major trauma. It had done a lot of beneficial things for people. And I I was really trying to not be biased um, based on a little bit of... information I'd receive from my loved one, but also not trying to bias myself with all the stuff that I read online about it, because there's so, if you Google ayahuasca, good luck. Like, let me just say, good luck with that, because you'll come across so many different articles, so I hope that I can provide some insight on today's podcast to alleviate some of the questions you might have, but also to maybe clarify some of the misinformation that I have seen online. Originally, I've actually done um Two different types of ceremonies at this point in different locations, I should say as well. So one ceremony that I did, and I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to uh, get too into the details of the people involved and/or the actual locations or anything, because I just want to keep those things private out of respect for the sacredty of those ceremonies and the people who helped me to experience them. That being said, the first one that I took part in was actually in my wee early 20s. That wasn't too long ago now and I was super curious about it after I heard what it was about. This one was being put on by a shaman. I reached out through email. I was personally introduced through the person that had told me about their experience and I reached out and I was sent the information about what the ceremony itself entailed, what the kind of itinerary was and there's another really important factor and component to ayahuasca ceremonies which is the dieta and if you haven't guessed it already it's literally it's more than a diet it's more so like a lifestyle that you take on prior to doing the ceremony in order to cleanse yourself and be best prepared to the undertaking that mother Aya as it's also known as uh puts you through that can be a good or bad thing <laughs> hopefully it's always good but There are times when, you know, you might have some things come up. I did all the research as far as, like, what was entailed. And I decided that, you know what? I have nothing to lose. I just wanted to experience it. I was really curious at this point. So I signed up for the ceremony. I ended up doing it with an ex-boyfriend who, at the time... I felt fine doing it together. There was no rule around like not doing it with a a partner. We did everything together at that point. Like a lot of those kind of, you know, spiritual things or activities together. So that was not really an issue for me. The one element that we also shared was the fact that we were going to stick to the dieta. So again, it's not just a food cleansing type of thing, although it is preparing your physical body, but it's also preparing your mind and soul for what you're about to step into no pun intended and so some of the things in the dieta were say for the week or so before not to consume any drugs not to consume alcohol not to to consume caffeine or tobacco not a problem for me because at the time well I mean once in a while I'll do a coffee not really a super big coffee fan but the drugs the alcohol tobacco wasn't an issue for me not consuming chocolate because it's a stimulant and they don't want you the people are putting the ceremony on always stress about not wanting your body to have any stimulants in it close to the ceremony and then avoiding things like canned foods red meats pork spicy foods uh, excessive sugar is another one and salt and then ceasing all of your prescriptions, all of your antibiotics, all of your injections, all of your pills, and vitamins and herbs also are on that list. So you have to be really, really careful about what you're eating and consuming a few days up to the ceremony. Another thing they ask you to do is abstain from sex, and that also includes masturbation, trying to eat organic food until midnight the night before the retreat, and then fasting the day of and until the morning after after the first ceremony so that you have the least amount of stuff in your system. There's a few reasons for this, but... Really, what it boils down to is two. One is the spiritual aspect of it because it is such a sacred ceremony surrounding the ayahuasca drinking. They want you to really be pure of body and mind and soul when you're going into these ceremonies. So that's kind of the more the spiritual side of it. And then on the physical side of it, I will get into the ceremony itself and one of the things that sometimes happens and which I've personally experienced is that you will purge as in you will throw up sometimes after you drink the ayahuasca, Uh, liquid it doesn't take too much common sense to know if you have less stuff in your system there's not as much stuff to come up that's one of the reasons why they highly suggest not having very much in your system when you go into ceremony and then lastly just mentally and spiritually preparing yourself through meditation and prayers doing yoga and and any other practice that really gets you set up for a really peaceful and positive experience when you're going in so those would be some of the the rules around the diet And I mean guys you can be super hardcore with this. I know people that literally have eaten the day of right before. I'm not going to suggest that at all, having witnessed the after effects of what that can look like. But I will say that I really like to fully immerse myself in an experience if I'm going to put the effort and energy into it. And also if I'm trying to set an intention to actually achieve something, I really want to adhere to what they're asking me to do in order to prepare myself. And that's like with anything in life, you know, if I'm starting a training workout program, I'm not going to bleep it up by messing around with my nutrition, with doing things that are just uncalled for, or just like detrimental to screw up what I have going for me, because it just takes away from the journey. Ultimately, hopefully, if you're doing this for the right reasons, then you really want to get something really profound out of the experience. And the best way to do that is really to just adhere and follow those rules that they give you in advance. So for those. Of you who are already familiar with ayahuasca, it's a brew that is made out of a vine and leaves. And then it's used as a traditional spiritual medicine in ceremonies, especially among the indigenous peoples of the Amazonian Peru. I have actually not done any ceremonies in South America yet. I'm still open to potentially doing ceremonies, so I'm not closing that off. I have done a number of ceremonies now where if I never did it again, that's cool am I open to it absolutely so I'm kind of here nor there as far as whether I'll do it again but I do think it would be very interesting to partake in a ceremony that's in the South American region so I'll just say that I've primarily stuck to North America to do these ceremonies that I've done and so far I survived (laughs) and I definitely will say there's more benefits for me and my experiences than there have been detriments but I just want to like walk you through as a guide of two very different kind of experiences I had. Going back to my first experience in my early 20s, it was first of all put on by a shaman. It took place on a farm and it was in this old... Farmhouse, but like not creepy farmhouse, just so you guys are aware. It's not like there wasn't like, I didn't feel like it was haunted or anything creepy like that. Or there's entities like, you know, that spiritual feeling. Felt like a good space, which is nice. But it was in like one of those basements that's not really a basement. It's like you walk down a few steps and there's like still windows. So it was definitely interesting though to be in a huge room and there were a bunch of other people that had joined for the ceremony and the shaman was sitting at the front of the room. It was already nighttime. I just dressed really warmly because I wanted to be Just feeling like really comfortable when I was going to be doing the ceremony and I knew it was gonna going to be overnight So again, I just want to dress like really comfortably that time in that ceremony that I did there was no dress code There was no like protocol as far as the fashion was concerned aside from just wearing comfortable casual non Sensual clothing just keeping it very like comfy and neutral. So I showed up with my ex and Really nice group of people. Shaman seemed super cool. And again, this is the same shaman that my loved one had used. So I already felt, you know, comfortable knowing my loved one had gone through a ceremony and everything was worked out really nicely. I don't know if really nicely would actually be the best term for these ceremonies. They were happy with the progress that they were able to achieve during the ceremony. That's a much better way to put it. The shaman started the ceremony by sitting at the front of the room. The lights were dimmed. So it was just basically candlelight at that point and it had gotten dark out and everyone was sitting in like a ceremonial circle. This is a couple of years ago now so I'm just trying to think like exact details. The gist of it was that he I believe shared some spiritual things with us at the front of the room where he was and they did like an opening ceremonial kind of ritual which was cool. I'm super open and like into that stuff so it was great. I was like really like oh this is cool this is fascinating actually and then he started chanting and he invited each person in the room I'm gonna say if I had to guess cuz I mean I was so like just focused on just being inside and being in my own journey maybe there was 10 people or like at the very most 15 I don't feel like there are that many people though so like let's say there's 10 he began these chants and while he was whilst he was chanting he invited each of us up to come and take our first sip of this ayahuasca brew we each were given one cup and I just remember I couldn't really see what was in it because it was dark but for some reason, I just had this inclination that I probably was not going to love the taste of this stuff just by like the mere glimpse of what I could see in this cup. And I drank it and honestly, I thought it tasted disgusting. Like it was putrid like just I don't know how else I could describe it other than like it was just major yuck if it was any other scenario I probably would have wanted to spit it out but knowing that it's healing plant medicine and knowing the intention of why I was there which I had said beforehand by the way that's a huge component before you go into ceremony you don't want to have expectations but rather you want to have intentions that you go in with in order to get the most out of the experience so what could that look like for you well maybe that could be the intention of figuring out why you can't get over blank challenge or maybe figuring out like an unanswered question you have in your life. Could be bridging the gap for you in some area or it could be asking mother Aya for help in this area. Really just having your own personal intentions that you go in with is so important. But please, 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 please don't get that mixed up with expectations. Don't have any expectations even after you may have heard of other people's including my own. It's good to not go in with any expectation of what you're going to experience because it could be completely different than what I or anyone else does under Mother Aya. She will have her way with you. Just know that. And that could look like uh, anything. I drank what I believe to be the most disgusting, like nasty brew. But I was like, I just swallowed it back. I honestly, I don't even remember. I think out of politeness, I didn't even like hold my nose, which I usually do when I don't want to taste something. I ended up going back. And at that point, they like they had set up little beds for us. I think they were just little cots. And beside each cot was a bucket. I had been for warned that purging or throwing up was part of it potentially basically I just laid down and my at the time he went up and he drank and all of a sudden I just remember lying there and I was like things just started happening at such a rapid pace everything like my heart was racing my mind just it was almost an out-of-body experience in that I felt like I was there but I felt like I was also not there in that I was just one with my vision and it's like I could feel myself physically on this cot, and I would come kind of in and out of that, but I was experiencing such rapid and vivid sights from within. It was like watching like a million movies playing all at the same time and it was just like these colors and these sensations and they were all like shooting through me. It didn't hurt in any way so I just want to make that clear. It wasn't like it was a painful experience as far as a physical standpoint at this point <laughs> but it did definitely seem very different than anything I'd experienced. And when I say different, what I mean is I'd never had that sensation of so much coming, to so many insights coming to me at once so quickly. Almost to the point where I started feeling dizzy, but luckily I was lying down. What ended up happening is I felt like to me like I was going in and out of dream state where part of me was like, it was almost like those feelings, you know when you feel like half asleep, so you kind of are in and out of it, like you kind of come to and that you kind of, Fall into a dream state, and then you kind of come to, and then you kind of go back into your sleep state. It was kind of like that, but just like expeditiously. Like it was happening so quickly. Time was of no meaning to me. It was like there was no sense of time. There was no sense of space. I was just one with myself until, of course, there were some people who started having reactions and one guy stood up, I remember, and he was like banging on the window because he, I think he was hallucinating that he needed to get out. But then someone like calmed him down. who was holding space for the room. So he laid back down. I kind of remember little bits of, you know, that there were others in the room, but it was really such an internal personal journey. Then it went from that to me having like really, really, personal downloads of answers to questions there's things that I can't even share yet on this podcast because they were just so insightful about things that had happened to me in my past or things that I had questioned or more than anything just revelations around certain situations or certain people that I care about and it was just the most insightful vision it's one in particular that just has stuck with me forever that I was just like oh my goodness, this makes so much sense. In an instant within, it was like I connected with this one loved one who I'm thinking about right now and sending them love. But it was like I finally was able to come to this understanding with them that I have never experienced because I was shown something about them and some sort of time in their journey but it made so much sense because it was relative to my relationship with them and how they played a role in my life so far and it was just like the most ground shattering, thought provoking, profound feeling of pure love and certainty that I honestly think I've ever felt up until that point in my life. It was just so profound like that that's literally the only word I can use for it that just it makes me like it takes me back there and I'm just like whoa like it's one of those moments it just like changes you forever getting back to the actual experience and the the sensation and the physicality of everything it then went from that to me getting violently ill and purging for what felt like hours I think in in retrospect and in hindsight I honestly purged like a couple of times and it barely had anything in my system I think that because I was under still the influence of Mother Aya, it just felt more profound to me. I remember at one point there was a bathroom across the hall of this room and I I had enough strength and I was cohesive enough that I actually, rather than purging in the bucket, which is what most people do, I decided upon myself that I would actually stand up, get up and walk to the bathroom. And I just remember being in just a really wonky headspace, but I got myself to the bathroom and I did what I needed to do. And then I made my way back to my... my my bed, my cot, in the room, and then I basically just slept. Like it just felt like I was sleeping for hours and hours. Of course, this was all overnight. And then finally, I woke up up still feeling like kind of yeah wonky just like I was coherent and I understood where I was it wasn't like I had some crazy trip where I was like oh my god where am I and what am I doing here and it wasn't like that at all like I I totally understood where I was what I was doing who I was with all those things were very present and very real to me it was just kind of that feeling of like when you wake up but you haven't had enough sleep so you just kind of feel still half asleep Just kind of like not fully altogether there, and I remember looking over at my ex, and he definitely he looked pretty rough. I will say he had had a similar nighttime experience of drinking and then purging. One of the biggest things that I take away from the group ceremonies is the sharing aspect. We were invited to share. I shared a little bit. He shared a little bit, and then we were basically invited to stay if we'd like for a uh, time to process. We didn't end up staying too long after the morning of. We kind of just wanted to get home, and I remember. <laughs> (laughs) saying to myself, actually, after the ceremony, as profound as it was, I literally was like, I am never freaking doing that again. I feel so rough. Thank goodness I didn't have to drive the car because it was quite a journey to get to where we needed to go. But like, yeah, I was so happy I didn't have to drive because I kind of felt out of it. But more than that, I'd spent the night purging and just like Aya was just working whatever she needed to work on within me. Sorry guys, I have the hiccups just in case you keep hearing little like hiccups. (laughs) I mean, I took away from it that I was so happy that I took part in a ceremony. But to be very clear with you, From that moment, I never thought I would do one again. Now, the way the universe and life tends... To work is you always have to be ready to expect to the unexpected. A couple of years later, I had another calling and another opportunity to take part in a ceremony. The type of ceremony that I just described was one where it's known more so as the Peruvian like traditional style. I was invited to take part in a different style, which is more Brazilian. It piqued my curiosity again, A, because it had been a couple of years since my last experience. At this point, I was actually dating someone else who I really felt aligned with in doing this kind of ceremony and I think that's really important if you do decide to do it with someone that is close to you just make sure it's someone that you really have a good connection with because you certainly don't want to be bringing the hang-ups of a an intimate connection whether that's a partner or like a sibling or a loved one or something into that space you want to make sure you're cleansed fully of anything that's not serving you before you go in I mean a lot of times you might not know everybody in the group but whoever's inviting you in at least make sure it's someone you connect with that you trust as well well because you're going into a very vulnerable situation you're putting yourself in a very vulnerable space and you need to be able to just let go and surrender because the more you hold on and the more you fight mother Aya and the process the more you first of all won't get as much out of it but more importantly it's just going to be a worse experience for you I only speak from seeing other people who have not necessarily followed the regime or the dieta or they're just going in with these massive expectations or they think you know they don't take it seriously and that is so not the vibe you want to go into these ceremonies with the Brazilian style that I did was a little bit different so I'm just going to basically talk about the differences that I noticed in essence and in looking back I actually prefer the Brazilian style that I'm about to describe one of the biggest differences was that we actually all had to wear white that was an absolute mandatory requirement and again it had to do with the spiritual aspect of white being such a pure color and also all of us being in uniform and making that effort to all be one as a whole experience Mother Aya as a group together. So that was one of the differences. Same kind of situation where we showed up at night, uh, late at night. And when I say late, I mean not that late. Like we showed up maybe around 8 p.m. or something. And then one thing that I loved about this group that I was doing regular ceremony with at one point is that once we got together and everybody was there who was going to take part in the ceremony, there were some people that would just hold space for the night and they wouldn't actually partake in the drinking. And they would be there to assist people who were either purging or who needed assistance, even emotionally if they were going through something they were just there to help and support the group which I loved but the other thing that I really found beneficial from the ceremonies uh, aside from the actual drinking and that part of it is that these people that I was doing the ceremonies with were really big on community and connection and sharing so we would open with this really beautiful ceremony in that they would read these beautiful passages and writings and we'd all go around and share what our intentions were and Give gratitude and just connect with one another before we went through this beautiful process. The other thing that I absolutely adored with this group is that they played live music, and that was not something that was an element in the Peruvian style or the other ceremony that I had done a few years prior. And I found that the live music from the actual instruments, plus the fact that we were invited to sing along with. Portuguese and Brazilian music out of books so we just basically had to sing along if we wanted to it was like a vehicle that kept me on course and allowed me to actually go deeper through sound vibration and it might sound crazy because you're thinking oh my gosh you're taking or drinking this uh, plant medicine and you have to concentrate on like your spiritual journey and then on top of that you have to sing but honestly when you're in the moment and you're there it's such a celebration of just healing and diving deep and and basically a rebirth of yourself a spiritual awakening and a rebirth so the music to me actually acted as a vehicle that allowed me to access and go deeper for other people that might not be the case but it helped me to go further into the flow and by virtue of me being more in flow it allowed me to just get in touch and in tune with areas that I haven't before so the live music was one of the elements that I absolutely loved the other difference was that in the first ceremony I had done I only ever drank one cup of ayahuasca everybody will do it differently. differently. There's kind of a standard way that people can make the brew. I mean, it's basically brewed leaves, but people have their own strengths. They have different sources of where they get the plants. It's really important to like, just again, do your due diligence, make sure you're with a solid group of people that you respect and trust and feel comfortable doing this with. Again, I say that too, because you want to make sure you're drinking something like A, legit and B, that's safe for you. And again, I'm not a physician, so I'm not suggesting you go and drink ayahuasca or that it's that it's always going to be safe for you. Do your own homework and make sure that you study who you're going to be drinking this brew with and who is providing it to make sure you know the source. If someone won't tell you these things, like these are all questions I had for the person that was putting on or coordinating the ceremonies. If they're not willing to answer these questions for you, I'm just going to come out and say maybe look for a different group to do it with because those are very basic questions that most people should feel comfortable telling you about if they're trying to put on a ceremony for this, especially such a sacred, beautiful ceremony. The difference is that I only drank one cup in the in the other ceremony, the first one I did. Now, these ceremonies that I was doing that involved the music and the singing and and the other difference too, there's two big ones that I can name. One of them was that the lights stayed on. During the night, they would dim them a bit, but the lights were always like, again, present, literally like a light... Experience. Not that people didn't deal with heavy stuff within, but at least our surroundings were very light. It seemed like a brighter experience to go through with this group. The other thing is that the number of times we are allowed to drink or invited up to drink was also more. In this particular case of these ceremonies that are more Brazilian style, I actually ended up sometimes drinking up to three cups within one night. And that might sound crazy, that might sound like a lot, but to be honest with you, it, it didn't feel like that I just I really tried to be present and just ask myself do I want more or am I good with where I'm at there was one or two times when I would attend ceremony and I would just drink once or like one cup there was even a time when I went and I didn't drink anything just being in that environment and holding space for other people and going along with the music and the songs I still got myself in this like transcendental type of state it was so beautiful it was just beautiful to be there and to be a part of it and to help others who were going on that that journey, who maybe some of them hadn't done before, some of them had had done before, but just to be in that space was just a really nice place to allow myself to just go with the flow, even without the ayahuasca inside of me. What would happen is usually by the third cup, a lot of people kind of were really at that point in their own like world, in their own space, going through their own journey within. There was a fireplace, it would just be going. And like, I just remember the flow of the fire, even seems so much more just delightful and intrinsic with my eyes it was just like rapid movements of fire and it was just so calming and a mother ayahuasca has a way of showing you what you need to what you need to see whether you want to see it or not but I will say every time that I have drank in every ceremony there's such a powerful sense of love and fulfillment and just this abundance of comfort like even when you're showing things that are really difficult to see about yourself or about other people or about situations, there's this embracing, loving energy that can't really be described as anything else. She kind of enthralls you in her embrace. You warm up to that and you just surrender to it. Like you literally let go. And in that moment when you're willing to let go, that is when you can reap all of the benefits. And it's A struggle because sometimes you're shown things that are really scary or that you've suppressed or that you don't want to see, but they're necessary in order for you to grow and they're necessary for the evolution of your spirit to take place. And you've invited Mother Aya into your world. You know, you're there and you've set an intention, and she will come through for you, but only if you're willing. To let go and surrender to her entirely. Fast forward through the night, going on your own journey. The lights will be dimmed usually throughout the night. And then I'd say there's a good couple of hours, kind of around that dawn time, like 5 a.m. ish, where you're still awake. I mean, some people have passed out completely at this point and are either sleeping or just going on their journeys. And usually a about like really early hours of the morning you get to a space and and a point you haven't drank now for a little while as well so your body's like I think you reach your peak high I'll say or your peak feelings of being under the influence of mother ayahuasca I'd say about two hours in or two hours after that would probably be now for everybody again it's different and it's also different again depending on if you followed the diet or not usually by early wee morning hours I was ready for to just sleep it was like I'd done my journey mother Aya was slowly wearing off and the effect of being enthralled in her was now wearing off so I would usually just pass out not literally like pass out but like I was just so tired and exhausted from everything I'd endured during the night that I would sleep for a good few hours and like just be out cold not in a bad way just in deep sleep sometimes I'd have dreams that were really vivid but most of the time I just sleep and then one of the things I absolutely love the most again about this particular group I was um, doing ceremony with regularly is that we would gather in the mornings once we had all woken up you know it, it would take like an hour or two for everybody to kind of like wake up and just like have some tea and be really gentle to our systems because we'd all gone through so much within one night together but it was a really beautiful space because everyone would contribute to communal breakfast and usually it was really healthy like whole foods a lot of times it was vegan something plant-based like really simple and delicious and easy on the system because a lot of us had purged the night before or throughout the night so and I mean some people would still get sick in the mornings I mean it happens it's you know you can never expect anything with these and that's again just going back to having no expectations most people were over like feeling like ill or they had gotten whatever they needed to energetically speaking or physically just purge themselves of whatever negative things needed to come out by morning most of us were like wanting to have a nice breakfast together (laughs) it was ironic because of where these ceremonies took place it's a very iconic area of a specific city that it was kind of like a, a juxtaposition of you you wouldn't necessarily think spirituality in this city that I was doing it in, but it was one of the most transformational and beautiful experiences that I had time and time again with this group. After breakfast, the last thing that we would do, which was one of my favorite elements of these ceremonies with this particular group, is that we would gather around again in a circle just as we had started the night before, and we were open to sharing and we would say prayers together and do some chanting and play even play some music if, if people want to stay around and it was just this loving bright and like the sun would always come out during that time like it was just such a it was pure love. You know, the saying, just pure love. And there's a song that even goes, pure love, pure love, pure love. That was horrible. And I actually, I think I have a decent voice. My voice is a little shot. But that essence of pure love was so present throughout the entire journey that it made me just want to continue going back. What I was able to accomplish in each and every ceremony, like my takeaways really were that you are... On your own journey, you have every resource already within you. And Mother Aya can literally just act as a vehicle to help expedite the process of what it is you're seeking. The two main things that I always felt that I took away from this from the ceremonies were, it always felt like a spiritual awakening. Like I always took something away from what I saw or what I experienced or what I learned or what I came out of through each time that I would drink her. But the other thing that I can really describe it as, as a metaphor is just like a rebirth because it was like taking the version of me that I went in with And I was in the ceremony to begin with. And it was like I was able to come out on the other side as this new higher version of myself, this more enlightened version of myself. That's what I have for you guys today. I know it's not as much as I could share, But again, I want to just highlight some of the elements that I experienced because I don't want to mislead you guys and I don't want you to have unrealistic or heavy expectations when you partake if you decide to and it's the right thing for you with ayahuasca. And I really just wish you the best. If this is something that you really are interested in and you want to learn more, there is a lot of information out there. Just make sure you're getting it from the right source. Again, if you want to reach out to me personally and either find out anything about my my experiences or anything more about just ayahuasca or psychedelics in general I'm happy to answer questions I have been able to gain so much from doing them do I think I would do them again as I said in this podcast it's kind of if the opportunity presented itself and it has over over the past little while presented itself again who knows Maybe I will, maybe I won't. I certainly am curious as to what it would be like if I went into a really crazy kind of like fun, jungle type of environment and did it because I think that would have a totally different feeling to it. I know, in fact, I know it would. So that would be definitely be something of interest to me. That being said, I just want to wish you guys... Such an amazing journey. Whatever you guys decide to do, ayahuasca is not for everybody and I will never stress that you have to do it. There are many ways to channel inner spiritual awakenings and there's many ways that you're able to tap into something deeper I've spoken already on the podcast about a few of them which are things like meditation going to different groups you know visualization technique gratitude journaling drumming circles having affirmations practicing the law of attraction and the principles around that things like tarot cards and seeing psychics energy healing and the work involved with that kirtans. there's so many vehicles out there and I look at all of these as just tools in a toolbox You need to just figure out what works for you and fill your toolbox with those things that work best for you. Just because one thing works for one person doesn't mean it's the best thing for you to use and vice versa. Something that might work amazing for you and that you get the most benefit and greatest results from might be the worst thing. In the world for somebody else. I just want to wish you all a beautiful, unique journey of diving deep within yourself, being able to discover what it is that you need in order to heal and have harmony in your life. And of course, happiness, because ultimately, that's what Pave Your Paradise is. It's creating inner joy from within, in order to have the most amount of happiness externally as well. I love you guys so much. I'm so grateful that you joined me. I know this episode was a little bit longer in length, but I really wanted to do my best at revealing some of the experiences I've had with the psychedelic, which is ayahuasca, and to hopefully clarify some questions you guys have around it. And also just to provide some insight if it's something you've been curious about doing yourself, wherever you're tuning in from, whether it's in your car or on a walk or while it's doing stretching in your bedroom, no names mentioned (laughs) not talking from personal experience um wherever you are tuning in thank you thank you thank you for your time and your energy and for us to connect in this way it means the world to me for you guys to tune in each week and to hear me share and to also be able to help you with whatever is plaguing you and turning your pain points into power and purpose and progress so much love and light and I will talk to you you again very soon. Thanks so much for joining me. If there's anyone you know who you think could benefit from hearing today's episode, it would mean the world if you'd share it with them. Love what you heard? Then please subscribe. If you really love what you heard, then please leave a review with your honest and loving thoughts. This podcast wouldn't be possible without your support. If you feel called to, please make contributions to my podcast fund that helps me to keep it going strong, bringing on amazing guests for you, and to continue the ripple effect of spreading goodness in the world. I appreciate you, your time, and your energy, and I love hearing from you, so drop me a line on social media. As always, I'm wishing you a positive day and your own piece of paradise. Until next time, sending you love and light and keep shining.